Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bear Dash. I'm one of your hosts, The Daily Cows, Jasper Sundin. I'm Shailen Singh. And as I said, we are Bear Dash. Uh, and in the, good, in the words of our good friend Joshua, let's go, let's get this underway. Uh, so after Cal's opener was heartbreakingly canceled due to COVID-19, um, in particular a single positive test within the program, it's looking like week two is ready to go, at least for now. We'll know more tomorrow and we'll get to that in a second. After blowing a double-digit lead against USC in their opener, Arizona State is aiming to get back on track this week against the Bears. We're going to give our predictions, our analysis, and everything we've got as the two Pac-12 schools duel in the desert. So, Shaylin, you were at the press conference this morning. You heard from Wilcox about the status of this game. Can you just give us a quick rundown of what that looks like and what it's going to be? Yeah, so the answer is we don't know. Because Coach Wilcox doesn't know, no one on the team knows, but they are preparing as if they're going to play because that's the only thing that makes sense. Obviously, they're not going to take a step back and just wait it out till Wednesday to see what the city says, but that's going to be what happens. So the city of Berkeley, which if you guys don't know, they're the ones making all these decisions. It's not Cal, it's not the Pac-12, it's not the athletic department, it's the city of Berkeley health officials. So according to Coach Wilcox, they'll let him know by sometime tomorrow whether the team is a go or not. It's still the situation hasn't changed at all since last week. As of now, all the same players are still in quarantine due to the contract tracing protocols, even though there's only one positive test. And as you know, from what we know, all the rest of those players are still consistently testing negative. It's just according to the CDC and according to the city of Berkeley health officials, when you have come in contact with someone who is positive, you have to stay quarantined. But it is up to them to decide whether that's a full two weeks, which would mean Cal cannot play this game, or if they make some type of exemption, which will allow Cal to play. But assuming the, game, assuming the game does get played, um, it's going to be down in Arizona, so there would be the travel factor. I don't know if that, has to, if that plays into anything for the city of Berkeley, but we just have to wait and find out. Absolutely. And just to tack on, this is uh... – this has been a very frustrating situation, I think, for Wilcox, for a lot of the players, just because of the incongruity between uh, the treatment that Cal's getting, treatment that other programs are getting. Um, Stanford, which is just down the bay, down the road, uh, played a game last weekend with several players absent due to COVID, including their starting quarterback. Um, I think Washington State has had several con um, confirmed positives and had over 30 players uh, who couldn't dress. Uh, again, there's been no comment as to whether that was due to COVID or not, but make whichever assumptions you will. So I think the, the single positive case and the subsequent uh, lockdown is really um, upset and uh, frustrated a lot of Cal players and coaches. Uh, but at the same time, it's worth considering that Berkeley has had an extremely low caseload, an extremely low positivity rate. And this is part of that, uh, or, or this precaution is part of that result. Yeah. So jumping into what will happen if the game is played, it's what we're all hoping for. We don't have to be unbiased in that. We're hoping the game is played. We want Pac-12 football to be played. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff in the media about the season as a whole just crumbling before it even started. We see other major games, Alabama, LSU, games like those getting canceled already this weekend. So we'll see what happens. But assuming the game does get played, week one already didn't happen. So, Jasper, 
how do you think Cal missing out on the ability to play the season opener opener will affect the team and specifically the offense heading into the ASU game? Yeah, we saw an actually ASU's opener against USC, and we've seen it around the country. Teams are starting sloppy, uh, and that, that can be attributed to a lot of things. It's a shortened camp. These are trying times. It's hard to get out there and perform at 100% right from the get-go. Uh, and I know we've talked to a lot of Cal coaches, a lot of Cal players who have said they want to do their best to get out there and be ready uh, and hit the ground running. But the, the simple fact is that's, that's a lot easier said than done. And I would not be surprised at all if Cal and Cal's new offense, particularly with a new offensive coordinator and an entirely new scheme, gets out there and maybe dumps a couple of flat notes in the first couple of plays and the first couple of drives. That's not bad. That's not, I mean, that's not an indication that Musgrave has failed, that this offense is going to be terrible. No, that's just, you're implementing an entirely new way of doing things. And that's, that's one of the results of that. It just doesn't happen like that. Uh, and so that, that I think is the biggest deal. If you take that UW game, Cal has some time to start slow. Uh, UW would have been a great team, but stakes are a little lower. You get the first couple quarters to get your feet under you, and by the time you hit Arizona State, you're ready and rolling. The same way ASU is going to be after that USC game. And Cal's just not going to have that. You're going to start a little slow, and I see that really hurting the Bears' new offense. Yeah, just to play devil's advocate a bit, one thing that ASU is lacking in their preparation for this game is any source of film of this Cal Bill Musgrave offense. And I was actually watching an interview with an Arizona State defensive back, and they said they've had to watch um, NFL tapes from Musgrave's days, Musgrave's days coaching NFL teams. And they said it's hard because that's completely different personnel, obviously, than what Cal's working with. So they're basically doing two game preps. They're prepping for Cal's personnel and prepping for the scheme separately because there is nothing out there that shows them combined. I mean, they obviously haven't seen anything from camp. We haven't seen anything from camp. So they really don't have anything to go off of so far. So I think that does give Cal somewhat of an advantage. Uh, On the other flip side, ASU's offense knows what they're getting. Cal's defense, Cal's defense hasn't changed really at all schematically since last season, at least what we know of. I'm sure the coaches will always throw some kinks in there. But right now we're talking about how the Cal offense will pair up with ASU's defense. And to be honest, ASU's defense impressed me. They played USC, who is pretty much widely projected to have the best offense in the Pac-12 this season, especially with Oregon losing so many players. Uh, They did have 556 total yards of offense, but this ASU defense played well, at least for 50, 55 minutes of the game. They forced USC into 19 third downs, eight fourth downs. Uh, USC did convert six of those eight fourth downs, but they were forcing the Trojans into long, long drives. And USC was able to move the ball down the field somewhat effectively, but it wasn't like they were just running over this ASU defense and just getting chunk play after chunk play. It was, it was not like that at all. Absolutely. I think another, another thing worth highlighting from that USC game, uh, ASU forced four turnovers, uh, a lot of fumbles, uh, an interception. That's not, again, we said like that, that was a kind of a sloppy game at points. Like it, it was a bit, down in the trenches, people make mistakes, um, but there's no reason to think that maybe Cal might make some, might not make some of those same mistakes. So that's something else to watch out for. This ASU team showed very early on that it can uh, it can put teams in trouble and it, it, it can create big plays. 
And that's something Cal has to watch out for. Uh, the Bears fumbled the ball 11 times last season. They only lost four of those, but that's not something you can afford to do here if you want to win. I mean, that's something that every coach will talk about, the turnover battle. But Arizona State has showed, at least in that first game, that they can create those opportunities, and Cal's going to have, have to be very wary of that, especially with the new offense and uh, potential miscues that could arise. Yeah, and one thing that people obviously saw was that Keaton Slovis was – far and away, like, projected to be the best quarterback in the Pac-12 this season. And he's – the last drive showed you why he could definitely be that because he was unstoppable. But the first three quarters of that game, he was mediocre at best. And a lot of that has to do with ASU's extremely talented secondary. That makes me very nervous for Chase Garbers, too, because, like you said, brand-new system. He hasn't had any experience this season against a new defense. and he knows what Cal's defense is like. He's practiced against them for three years now. So in Musgrave's system, Garbers has not had the chance to face any type of defense. That's not what Cal normally uses. Granted, returning pretty much all the same starters does help a ton. So I think pe we and fans in general are blowing the new coordinator thing a little out of proportion just because all the personnel are returning. Like a lot of times you get a new coordinator, it's because nothing's working and you just need to blow it up from the ground up and you have a lot of player turnover as well. That's not the case with Cal. There's a lot of players coming back, which, you know, that, that could bode well for the offense. We don't know, but I mentioned the ASU secondary. They are extremely talented. Uh, safety Evan Fields led the way. And he put up Evan Weaver numbers in week one, 17 total tackles, 10 of which were solo. Between him and then you have Chase Lucas and Jack Jones at cornerback, ASU definitely one of the best secondaries in, in the Pac-12, and they'll be right up there with Cal vying for that number one spot. Yeah. I do think, though, I mean, you, you talk about Slovis being a little flat for a lot of that game. The things that Slovis did well, I think, are actually things that Chase Garbers did well as well. Um, I think you saw Slovis finding a lot of success uh, when he was able to sort of get out of the pocket, get away from pressure. Um, he, he, didn't, he didn't take too many sacks. Those are things Garbers was starting to do towards the end of last season, showing more pocket awareness, getting the ball downfield. You think about a lot of his successful drives against like Stanford and Illinois. He was throwing some long passes, um, which, I mean, maybe sounds a little uh, – mediocre and drab for a lot of fans out there. But for Cal, that's a big deal. That was something Garbers really struggled with in, in his first season uh, playing quarterback for the Bears. So if Garbers can do some of those things, and again, it's just don't take sacks, get out of the pocket, be smart with the ball. And those are all things he can do. Cal could actually see some success, especially if their wide receivers are able to get open. Uh, I think another key point was USC had a lot of success when uh, their, their their ball carriers, whether that's a receiver or running back, were really physical. Um, you saw a lot of missed tackles from Arizona State, a lot of broken tackles. Cal has players that can do that. Uh, Chris Brown and Bradrick Shaw are two like, big backs who will get in there and are not brought down easily. And I, I think if they can replicate some of the same success ASU, or I'm sorry, USC saw, then you can see some larger plays and some really consistent uh, attack from Cal's run game as well. Yeah, I totally agree that I, I feel like Musgrave is going to lean on the run game a bit more early in the game just because Garbers is going to have to settle into the new system. And you 
you don't necessarily want to come out there slinging it right away when you don't even know how the scheme is going to play out in a real game. So I do think they will run the ball a lot with Christopher Brown Jr. It's the safer option, but there are some some players to watch out for. Linebacker Merlin Robinson for Robertson for ASU had a great game, 10 tackles plus an interception. But his biggest play was probably the tackles for loss he had on fourth and one with USC in the red zone. He's a super quick, instinctual player at linebacker. And then even moving down to the D-line, defensive tackle Jermaine Lole was all over the place. He was a first-team All-Pac-12 preseason selection, and he proved it. He had a sack and a half, plus a tackle for loss, plus two pass deflections, which when defensive linemen can get their hands up like that and the quarterback thinks he has a clean pocket, that could mean a really tough time for Chase Garbers, but we'll see how it pans out. On the other side, we're talking all this Chase Garbers talk. The quarterback battle is one that is going to be so fun to watch. Jaden Daniels had a lot of hype coming into the season. Some thought he maybe can contend with Keaton Slovis for the top uh, quarterback in the Pac-12 this season, but he just absolutely destroyed the USC defense on the ground. 111 yards on 11 carries only. How can the Bears contain Jaden Daniels? This is a tough question. It's one that Cal was not able to find the answer to last time they played Arizona State. Um, a lot of Cal fans will remember that night. Uh, the Sun Devils came up to Memorial Stadium and were able to absolutely run through Cal. Daniels was a big part of that. He had 84 yards on the ground as a freshman against the Bears. And I, it, it's tough to say. Um, how, how do you stop that? Uh, Cal has talked about using a star position, bringing someone, uh, bringing, bringing another safety type player into the box. But this is going to be difficult. The Bears have a new starter at linebacker. They have a new starter at outside linebacker. And they have a really thin defensive line. So keeping Daniels contained is going to be hard. Uh, in fact, I, I would almost say it shouldn't be your focus. I think the focus of this game is going to be the run game. And when I say the run game, I mean Arizona State's running backs. But, Shaylin, how do you think Cal can stop Jaden Daniels? Because I've looked at it, and honestly, I, I haven't a clue how you stop someone who can scramble like that. It's, it's, it's frightening, man. Yeah, I mean, USC could not keep him in the pocket to save their lives. One play that stands out to me was the third and 14. USC sends a five-man blitz after him, and he's still able to slip away and run for a first down easily. The defense was in man coverage. All the receivers were downfield, and Daniels just took off for 20 or 30 yards. And, you know, that's a major blow on something like third and 14. He's a, this sounds like a big compliment. But Daniels is very Lamar Jackson-esque to me, especially in the open field. Just the way he runs, his shiftiness. A lot of quarterbacks will slide, and that's what they're taught to do. But Jaden Daniels is not afraid to put a juke on a player. He's not afraid to be physical when he has to, even though he's on the slimmer side just physically. But this is going to be extremely tough for Cal. And you mentioned the defensive line. Cal football actually confirmed that the defensive line is the group in quarantine. So they have not been able to practice in a week and a half. And that, if there was any week where you want your defensive lineman to be able to practice, it's against Jaden Daniels, where they're going to have to contain him. They're going to have to learn to read the option because they ran a lot of options in RPOs. But even passing the ball, Jaden Daniels was a phenomenal passer last season, even if he didn't necessarily have the yards per game as someone like Slovis. He 
showed his ability to sling the ball around. And if you don't get a pass rush in, pass rush on him, he's going to have way too much time in the pocket and he'll find receivers no matter how good Cal's secondary is. Absolutely. Uh, I think uh, I said earlier, for me, this game is going to come down to, for, for Cal's defense, it's going to come down to, can they stop guys like, uh, sorry, like Rashad White um, and Chip Trainer. I think th- those guys exploded against USC. Um, I mentioned I mentioned the, the Cal-Arizona State game last year. Uh, ASU put up 258 yards against the Trojans. They put up 191 last time against the Bears. If Cal can take away the run game, Cal can win this game. I think it's that simple. We talked about how battered, um, not, not particularly battered, just how thin that defensive line is going to be and the struggles they're facing right now going into this game. It, for me, it's all about, it, it's all about that battle. Um, it, I think a lot of folks will remember a lot of it. ASU had a couple drives last year, but they just, they just run the ball for three plays, pick up a first down and then do it again. And it, it almost felt inevitable. I mean, you know, Benjamin scoring touchdowns, just marching down the field like it was nothing. And he's not there anymore, but Arizona State still has a ton of talent in the backfield. Yeah. If Cal can they, limit those got... guys and sorry, for, for, force Daniels to pick up first downs through the air, or scramble, you, you, can, you, can, you can win this game just by taking some options away from Herm Edwards. Definitely. And, you know, we talked about the loss of, you know, Benjamin. I was about to say this year they have a two-headed monster, but it's really a three-headed monster when you include Daniels, right? But in terms of the in terms of the running backs, they both received exactly 12 carries apiece, so it really is a split a split backfield. But they were both as efficient as they come. Trainum averaged seven yards per carry. White averaged 6.3 yards per carry, and Cal just cannot let that happen. If they're getting seven yards per carry, they're just going to run the ball down Cal's throats. It's going to be that simple. They don't need a pass. Jaden Daniels didn't need a pass last game. He was 11 for 23, 134 yards. Granted, he was without his top receiver, Frank Darby, who was a second-team preseason all-pack 12 selection, very dynamic. He only had one catch for two yards before he was injured. Coach Herm Edwards says he's hopeful that he'll return, but we don't know. They need to slow down the run or else – uh, ASU is not even going to have to pass. And even when they slowed down the run, when USC did slow down the run, um, White was extremely effective out of the backfield as a pass catcher. He had three receptions for 70 yards, and the bulk of that came on his 55-yard touchdown, which was essentially just a swing screen that he was able to take to the house because of USC's horrible tackling. Um, just as a whole, USC's offense – is going to be similar to Cal's, I think, just due to the fact that they also have a new offensive coordinator, Zach Hill, coming in, also implementing a new playbook without much time. Um, they only re- returned three or four offensive starters from last season, I believe. So they have a lot of turnover, new scheme. They're going to be facing a lot of the same lack of chemistry issues that, that Cal has coming into this game, especially – against a defense that we know, even though it's turning over a lot of players, Cal's defense is going to bring it. Yeah, and that, that, that's a really good point. We've talked a lot about uh, ASU's offense. We've talked very little about, little about uh, Cal's secondary. Uh, ASU's strength is on the ground. Um, I think Daniels is going to have a really tough time uh, going through the air, and we'll break down some of our predictions more specifically in a second. Uh, but Cal has 
despite the loss of your two starting safeties, a very experienced secondary. In fact, I'd say it's experienced as secondary as you can have while losing two safeties to the NFL draft. I, I don't, I, I can't think of another scenario or another team where you could lose two key players like that and still have this much. I mean, you have Elijah Hicks and Daniel Scott. Elijah Hicks is moving from cornerback, so he's been playing for years. Daniel Scott has tons of special teams reps under his belt and even a couple starts at that safety position. So it, it's not exactly going to be easy for Daniels to throw the ball. And that's, again, why I think the key to this game is going to be on that D-line. Yeah, and just to talk about how that matchup is going to go, the secondary versus ASU's very inexperienced young receiving group this year. It's going to be one to watch because USC or ASU, sorry, does have weapons. Frank Darby, we talked about, if he's able to play, he's going to be a major threat. We can't just discount AS. They're so their acronyms are so similar that we've both been getting thrown off this whole time. uh, Yeah, you can't just discount their pass game. One player that really stood out to me and I think stood out to a lot of people just watching the game was Johnny Wilson, ASU's true freshman receiver. He's a physical monster. He's 6'7", 220 pounds as a receiver. He was a consensus top 20 recruit. Did not do very well in the first game. He had three drops in the first half alone. Uh, he was not a very fluid mover. He kind of couldn't really contort his ball uh, or contort his body to catch the ball in midair, which you see a lot out of bigger players. But Jaden Daniels targeted him a bunch, which makes me believe that he's going to be very involved in the game plan against Cal. And a lot of Cal's DBs are on the smaller side, Bynum and uh, and uh, Drayden, but Chiggy Anusium is going to be Cal's big physical corner to match up against those types of receivers this season. So Cal's playing man-to-man coverage. I would expect him to get the matchup against Wilson, but it's going to be interesting to see what ASU's game plan is on offense coming into this game, because they, they really have so many threats running the ball and Daniels can just take over the game if he wants to. They struggled a bit in the fourth quarter last, this is still one of the best offenses in the Pac-12. So moving on to our last section, it's one we're, we're going to be looking forward to every game for the rest of the season, if they happen. It's what are your predictions and hot takes for Cal's opener? All right. So uh, I said this is going to be a tough game for Cal to win. I think if Cal does win, it's because Makai Polk is going to step up as a deep threat. Um, we saw Keaton Slovis was finally able to break the game open in the fourth quarter uh, with some of those long balls. Uh, going deep, looking, looking, looking downfield, Makai Polk is Cal's guy when it comes to that type of deal. Uh, he, he's super fast. He's put on some weight, so he's a bit bigger. He's a tall kid. If he can get open and create opportunities for Cal to get big plays, the Bears can win this game. It'll... It'll open the field up. It'll give Garbers an opportunity to throw low a couple times. It'll make the run game more effective. I think that that's the key there. If Cal wins this game, it's because Makai Polk is going to put up, uh, I don't know, I'd say over 70 yards on, on, on again, like a handful of really long receptions. And that, that'll be a huge difference maker if he can. Yeah, it's going to be tough against ASU's very talented secondary, but he does have the speed to be able to get by even the best of, the best of cornerbacks. So, That'll definitely be something to watch for. Daniels has a huge arm. He can, or sorry, 
Garbers has hit Polk on those throws before. Garbers doesn't necessarily have the biggest arm, but he, he can make those throws when he has to. My hot take is with uh, the other side, not having a big arm. Jaden Daniels does, but I think that he's going to throw for under 150 yards again. He only had 134 against USC, so it is you know, tough to bet against someone as talented as Daniels to have that bad of a game twice in a row, but I think it is more of a credit to Cal's defense if this were to happen, because if it were to happen, the defensive line, like we said earlier, has to play very well. It might not happen because they've been in quarantine and can't practice. And the secondary can only cover for so long. But I believe with these less experienced receivers, with this new system, if the defense, I'm not saying, has to get sacks. This line does not have to get sacks. But if they can force Jaden Daniels out of the pocket and make him attempt those tough throws on the run, I think that's when they're going to get into trouble. They just need to flush him out of the pocket and force him to try to just make mistakes because the secondary is going to be able to pounce on the ball. They're going to try to get some turnovers, and those can change the game. Those can really change the game. So that's my hot take. It's really hard. It really is hard to bet against Jaden Daniels because I love him as a player, but this Cal secondary is extremely talented. My real hot take is that this game won't happen, and this is all a waste of time. But we're not going to go there. Give us something uh... else. So uh, I'm going to stay on the track of what, what, what will it take for Cal to win this game? Um, I said that Arizona State missed a lot of tackles in the last game, and it was because USC had some big physical backs. I think Cal has some of those big physical ball carriers as well. Um, Chris Brown Jr. has had some phenomenal games as a bear. I think this could be another one. I think my hot take, CBJ goes for over 100 yards. Arizona State just can't bring the guy down. He throws in maybe a touchdown or two. He keeps this game close just because he's physical. Just because he can put his shoulder down and go right through you like, I don't know, you're a piece of paper. That's my hot take for this one. CBJ just comes out and has an enormous game on the ground. Even if Cal's offense struggles a little bit, even if Garbers can't quite get in, CBJ's not going to have any trouble. He's behind an offensive line that's now extremely experienced and extremely healthy and extremely deep. Bro, he, he is going to go off. Arizona State had next to no penetration their game against USC. CBJ is going to be running downfield a lot. Well, that works well because my other one was that I'm going to one-up you right here. CBJ is going to run for more than 120 yards and a touchdown. That's exactly what I've written. And I think it's going to happen because of what I said earlier. I think Cal will lean on the run game more heavily this game and early on in the season in general because they don't want to put too much on Garber's plate in a new scheme. I feel like Musgrave is going to want to let Garber sort of read the defense, feel it out first before he's just having all these crazy route combinations and throws that have never been attempted during a game before. So we know what we're getting with CBJ. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Hopefully we're both right. Uh, final thing on the agenda for prediction, who do you have? I got to say, this is going to be a hard game for the Bears to win. Not impossible. We said if CBJ can go off, I mean, you always have a chance when Chris Brown Jr. is running downfield. Uh, I think Arizona State wins this, though. I think there, there's too much that Cal's going to have to fight through. Um, this is a tough situation. There's, there's always opportunities to roll back into it and get down there and win games. But I think Arizona State rushes for over 200 yards 
and wins this game 24 20. Uh, extremely close, uh, extremely low scoring. It's going to look a lot like last year, I think. But I think Arizona State wins that this game. I will say that prediction does have a flip side. Every prediction has a hot take on the flip. This is my uh, this is my pet rock. We're gonna flip it. <laughs> there's a, there's a flip side to this, and that is if Cal does win this game, I think the Bears go undefeated for the rest of the season for as many games as they wow. play. Wow. I've been saying I've been saying it since we we started doing this show, since we looked ahead at this season, since we got this schedule. This is Cal's most difficult game. I know a lot of people are going to say Oregon. I know a lot of people are going to look at that talented Ducks team and say something different. But here's the thing. That's going to be in Memorial Stadium. Cal's going to have plenty of time to tune up and get their offense just right. This is a different ball game. You're on the road. You're coming off a of COVID. I don't want to call it an outbreak. You're coming off a positive COVID test within your program. <laughs> and, it's, and it's your opening game of the season with an entirely new offensive scheme. This is as hard as it gets. And if Cal can win this... Cal can win any game on its game. Yeah, so you're taking taking ASU right on the line. They're favored by four points right now. You have them winning by four. I'm going to have a very similar prediction, but the flip side, Cal 27-23. We have less than a minute left to go, but I think the coaches will have the defense ready. They have a lot. They have film to go off of. That's not something ASU has for Cal's offense. The Cal offense might not be super efficient, but I think they'll do enough to win. They have all the returning players. The chemistry should be decent. If the defense can get a turnover or two and give the offense some good field position, Cal should be in good shape. Absolutely. I mean, I think the only thing we can predict now is that this should be a good game. These are two great teams with great coaches and great quarterbacks uh, and great defenses. This should be one to watch, uh, 7.30 p.m. down in Tempe. Uh, but folks, like Shailen said, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, in the words of our good friend, Justice De Los Santos, stay hydrated and uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh, you can get all of our content, all of our Daily Cal coverage at the daily, at dailycal.org. And uh, we'll be here on Friday for a crossover episode uh, with our friends uh, over at, uh, I think it's Devil Dash. And, and otherwise, we'll see you next week.